Welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm I'm over the moon excited today to have a very special guest on, Miss Patricia Mona. How are you, Patricia? I'm wonderful, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this today. It is my pleasure. I'm going to do something that I never do. I'm going to read your bio from your website, because as I was thinking about how to introduce you and set the stage, I'm like, you know what? You did it very, very well on your site. So Patricia mm-hmm. Mona is an internationally known psychic medium, remote viewer, and founder of Psychic Awareness Retreats. Patricia has dedicated her time and expertise to local and international law enforcement agencies from around the world to help locate missing persons and bring closures to victims of homicide, kidnapping, and unexplained unexplained disappearances. In addition to locating missing persons, Patricia teaches psychic development, guided meditations, and meets private with clients from around the globe. Wow. Where do, where do we start? So amazing to have you on. So I'm going to go right back to the foundation. How long has this been part of your life? And then we can start to unpack all the cool things that you're, that you're involved in. Okay. So um, I got to say, I didn't really realize that my reality was any different than anyone else's because um, ever since I was a child, I could I could sense energy. I could feel it and I, I could read things off of people. Um, but it's not like I've, I've seen dead people walking through walls or hear disembodied voices in my head, you know, like they portray on TV. So for me, I had no idea that my reality was any different. I, I remember being in high school, you know, and knowing things um, about people's boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff. And it's just like, how did you guys not see this coming? You know, um, for me, it was, it was common sense, but apparently it's not that common. That's so, so for you, it showed it up almost like a deeper intuition that like, to your yeah. point, it didn't seem you're right. Hollywood, I think portrays it in a very, or, you know, TV makes for good TV, mm-hmm. maybe portrays it in a much more glamorized. And I would assume, and again, this is only your own experience we're talking about. So for you, it was a deeper level of intuition and just almost like literally, I don't know if I want to use the word a sixth sense or that ability to kind of see things beyond what are maybe at face value for, for the, for, for, for us, I'm going to say normal folk. I don't know if that's even the right way. To <laughs> you know what though? I think that all of us have this Tyler. It's just a matter of who knows it, who's practicing. I, I do this stuff for eight hours a day. So it's easy for me. Um, but we all have that, you know, that little hunch that something was going to happen and then it happened. Well, I've just learned to take that and expand it and understand what, what those hunches mean, because it is little nudges from the universe telling us something. It's just who's listening, right? When you, you know, so many, I have so many questions that are piling up, um, (laughs) teaches psychic development. So when it comes to that, does this just start with like, as I'm listening paying a little bit more attention, listening to that little voice, like not Mm -hmm. questioning it or or rationalizing your way. Like, no, 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 that's, that's nothing. Is it more just about sitting with that and just allowing, maybe allowing the volume to turn up a little bit? That I would say is the beginning. And then you'll realize that there are many, many, many different realms interacting with us all the time. And you learn to be able to decode the language that spirit is saying when you've done it long enough. You know, there's there's all different ways of computing the information that's coming in. We can sense it. We can see it. Um, some people smell it, taste it. You know, it's a it's a multi-sensory job doing this stuff everything is energy and that's what I sense and that's what I am searching for when I go looking for a missing person is I'm looking for their energy signature interesting and so did you did you have a series of guides in your life um present or otherwise that helped you take this from 
oh, isn't this the way everybody to like, oh, maybe it's not. Maybe there's something I can, I'm just curious of the evolution because if I think back to my youth, I wasn't as clear on everything in my life that I maybe think I am now when I'm in my 20s. You add this whole layer of intuition and experience that you were having that was maybe, I could imagine that without somebody from the outside to help guide and support, it might actually have felt isolating at sometimes. And again, I'm oh, projecting yeah. a little bit, just guessing what it might've been like. Well, no, it was. And it was very scary. Um, most of the time I would crawl in behind my mom's back and go sleep with her because I was too scared to sleep by myself at night because I could sense things. And I and I knew that something was there communicating with me, but I couldn't see it. And so it would scare the heck out of me. Um, but when it comes to guides, I would definitely say my parents are the most influ or were the most influential guides in my life because I was brought up very born again Christian to believe once to die and then the judgment, heaven or hell, it's black and white, that's it. <laughs> yes, and okay. I got to tell you, it isn't that black and white. It is all roads lead to the same place. And it is by our belief system. And my both my parents passed away um, years ago. Uh, but even in life, they taught me so much about the power of prayer, um, how manifesting angels, um, you know, how to be able to connect fully with source. So I, that was my, that was my, um, upbringing. Okay. And, uh, it wasn't until they passed away that I kind of went and explored it even because I was petrified. I, you know, um, my parents kept saying, pray it away, pray it away, pray it away. And no matter how much I prayed, it didn't go away. And so one of the things that I realized, you know, growing up later is you can't pray away your gifts. It, it's given to you for a reason, right? Um, but it's interesting what we know as children, because um, when I was 10 years old, I ended up going to a garage sale and I bought a book for 10 cents called Everyone is Psychic. And why I bought that, I don't know, as a 10-year-old. And the craziest thing is, is that that book is all about remote viewing and the ability to find missing people. And it blew me away. Um, I just came across it this past year. I've been carting this book around with me for years and years, almost 20 years, or no, way more than that, uh, almost 30 years. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to get specifics on it. And, um, it it's... It's interesting because it's everything that I do now, you know? Um, so it's just, I always tell people, you know, if you're stuck in life and, and you don't know what to do with yourself, look back at what gave you joy as a child because we just came from that side when we're kids, right? So we're going to remember our divine plan a lot clearer and then we, you know, do as we grow up and, and learn to be Patricia Mona in this life, but there was instructions that came with this body and this person. And as children, I personally think that that wild, overactive imagination, no, I think that children remember our divine blueprint. Um, because even with my nursing, I ended up um, going into nursing right out of high school. And it was something as a child that I knew I wanted to do. I knew that I needed to be of service and help people. So right out of high school, I went into palliative oncology and uh, that's when it, the psychic thing really became apparent um, because I could walk into a patient's room, just scan them from head to toe and know where the cancer was, know, know what stage it was at, know what the, what the patient needed without them needing to say anything. And I honestly thought that that came with the nursing degree. I didn't think that, um, you know, it was an extrasensory perception. I thought all of us had it. 
So that that's when I really realized that, you know, there's something going on with this. Do you think, I'm just cur- curious around being in that environment where everything is magnified because you've got individuals that are in a, a crisis of some kind, crisis of health, crisis of body, mm-hmm. crisis of mind. Did you feel being in that environment is, does it also, does it, does it increase or does that, that frequency or that energy signature increase when things are off too? Like, I'm just curious, being in an environment did that, did you almost go into an environment that, that overstimulated your, your, your sense of connection or that sense of being able to see that because people were in such a heightened state of, of, of I don't even want to call it trauma or there was something going on with them beyond just the everyday. Yeah. When there's a lot of death, there's a lot of angels big time and you can feel them. You can feel it. When you walk into someone's room who's passed away, it's thick. The energy is thick in the air. And I know that um, other nurses who work in palliative care, they'll say the same thing. You can literally feel the energetic shift um, before someone's going to pass away, as they pass away, and then um, afterwards. And um, yeah, you experience a lot so you made a couple of references, and I want to I'm give so much clarity here. Angels, you grew up in 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 a, in a in a Christian environment. So this energy that's out there, you've referred to the spirit world or the other side or the higher power, and you hear it referred to in all kinds of different ways. Is it all kind of from the same place, and it's just how we choose to interpret it based on our beliefs, how we were raised, our filters? Well, it's us without our bodies. Our bodies are just our avatars. When... Oh, there you are. So our bodies are literally just our avatars and our spirit is what resides in the body. Think of a car, right? The car is not the driver. It's the driver that's instructing the car, right? But you remove the driver out of the car, the car is useless. It's Mm. the same thing with our bodies. So when someone passes away, all their likes, all their dislikes, their memories, everything that made them them crosses to the other side they are still them if they swore like a sailor in their in this life they're still going to be swearing in their head on the other side right their personality everything is still the same so there are so many different dimensions it's just like what it says in the bible you know in my father's kingdom there are many mansions and um, i do believe that i believe that you go to the vibration that which you are so if you're a shitty person i'm sorry but you're gonna go meet the shitty committee you know um it's it it but if you keep your vibration high and in that state um of peace and grace you go to that vibration that which you are Fear is what pulls us down. Oh, okay. There's so many, so much to unpack. I love the, I love the analogy about the driver and the car. So ooh, to jump that a little bit to the, the locating of missing persons and what you talked about, that energy signature. So that what really that kind of time is no time, space is no space. Someone passes away or someone, it really makes no relevance, distance or time when it comes to that Absolutely. energy signature because it is, it is everlasting is what I'm hearing you say. Well, and we're all connected. We're all connected to that divine matrix. Um, And if you, and like I said, everyone has an energetic signature. So what I'm looking for is the driver, not necessarily the vehicle when they're out of their body. And um, in order, in order to do that, all I need is a photo. I don't need to know their name. I need, if I'm working on a missing person case, all I need is a photo and tell me where they went missing from. From there, as long as I can hook into their energetic signature, there's really nothing that I can't see because in that realm, everything is pure thought form, right? You can move backwards in time. You can move forwards in time. Um, There's really nothing that you can't see once you can see into a person's field. 
And how, how did you get involved with locating missing persons? Because that's, that's a whole nother realm. Uh, and you're working in a world that I would say transacts on facts and investigations yes. and process. But then all of a sudden, and again, this is, feels like right out of Hollywood <laughs> a little bit yeah. in terms of, so was this just, you, you knew somebody or was this part of your, I know you and I've chatted before, was this part of a calling of a way to use your gifts to contribute at a greater level in society? Well, I, I do believe that everything is in divine timing. And um, I got to tell you, working with the RCMP and CPS um, and, you know, Canadian police all across Canada, um, it, it was not easy <laughs> to get on with them by any means. And I just want to clarify, I said working and I shouldn't have said that. I volunteer with them. I do not get paid by law enforcement. I do not want any money regarding missing persons. I make enough money doing my readings and my classes. It's my way to give back. I truly believe that if God gave me this crazy ass ability to be able to locate someone's loved one, I feel like it's my duty and obligation to do it. And it does. Some cases are way easier than others. Um, and there are some cases that it was like, I I can't tell you anything because I can't hook into their signature in order to see them. Um, but it's it's something that is a soul calling for me. So yeah, it was divine timing, right place, right time. I was um, taking a little psychic development class where a bunch of women would get together and do little mini rings on each other and stuff. And the teacher at the time, um, her cousin was an RCMP officer and working in missing person cases at, out in Wetasco in Alberta. And so after the class, he had sent her uh, a picture of a woman who had gone missing, and he'd asked her to help find this woman. And so she looked at the picture, and she's like, you know, I can't really see anything, and he needs this right away. She just went missing. Can you take a look? So I took a look at the photo, and instantly I saw the White House, the green trim. I saw the number on the house, the color of the couch that she was laying on. I knew she was alive, um, faked her death. Um and so she handed all that information over to the cousin in the RCMP. And within four hours, they found her based on my information. And so from there, he called me to thank me. And I said to him, I said, well, that was easy. Can I do it again? Can I do it again? You got any more? I loved it. It was so much fun. And uh, he says, no, we don't use psychics. Nope. <laughs> he goes, the only reason why I sent her that photo was because she's my cousin. And um, as much as I appreciate what you've done, we can't use you. And he said, but there's an organization in Phoenix, Arizona called Find Me that um, actually uses psychics in order to locate missing persons. And so about six months later, I was contacted. He gave my information to Kelly Snyder, who was is the founder um, of Find Me. And I got a phone call from Kelly Snyder. And I got to tell you, it wasn't easy just to even volunteer. It is background checks, criminal record checks, you name it. Like they check out your family, everything to make sure that, you know, you're on the up and up. And then from there, they test us and they do test cases. So they'll give us old cases um, that they already know what happened to that person. And I've got to tune in and tell them where this person is and what happened to them. And so I got on with Find Me and um, really it went from there. And it, my first Canadian case that I did as a case case, uh, not just as a little favor, um, it actually came through Find Me. It was um, a girl who had gone missing in BC and uh, 
the parents had contacted find me in order to um, help locate her and that got me noticed with the RCMP because they sent me out to go and work on that case and then from there um, I, I get contacted by and I only work directly with law enforcement or the immediate family of the person who's missing because there are way too many people just curious people and if I'm going to volunteer my time and it's not like it takes me five minutes because then I have to go and take what I see in my head match it onto Google Earth and drop a pin for law enforcement and search and rescue to be able to go and and get to that location right so it does take quite some time to get those exact locations because if I see we'll say a red barn to my right and a blue bin to my left I have to get onto Google Earth and keep searching until I find that right so and then drop a pin and tell them where to go and search so if I'm going to do all that work my coordinates better make it into the right hands and the only people who can really get that job done are the is the officer in charge or immediate family immediate family has the right to make that request and and to set that up as well so yeah so that's how I roll. <laughs> well, that's awesome to hear the details of it because it's so easy to like understand like what actually happens. How many? How many have you been involved with? Uh, I have now found twenty nine missing people um, cases. Oh my God, I don't know how many um, you found, you I've found been involved 20, in. What's that? You found twenty nine. That's a that's a pretty I found impressive 29. number. Twenty nine. Yeah, I found twenty nine, and I've got all the reports to back it up, and I've got RCMP recommendations and search and rescue recommendations. I try to um, I do it for free, so it's like if I find your people, the least you can do is bring me a recommendation. Which is probably uh, getting a recommendation <laughs> like written on RCMP letterhead. Not an easy recommendation to get, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's not. It's not here. I'll show you. I know. Um, I know that this is being recorded, but here's my RCMP one. That's There's very cool. Letterhead. Yeah, that's cool. that looks that, very. That's very stating that I found missing people for them. And I'm curious. So, are these? Does this? And you mentioned it earlier, but I wanted to clarify. Out of the 29, and we don't need to get into the numbers, but these are people that were both alive as well as people who had passed. Correct? No, the only person that I found alive was my very first person. Oh, and really? she's uh, death. Yeah. Okay. Every single person that I have found has been deceased. And here's the reason why. Um, if law enforcement would call me right away, they can utilize me. And within that first 48 hours, that's your greatest chance of finding someone. Of but usually I'm called in for historical crimes um, or, you know, um, a cold case. I've done a lot of cold cases. Um, you know, the ones that it just seems like the person disappeared off the face of the earth. I've done a lot of those. And so usually by that time, their demise has already been met. Okay. I see you're, you're not, you're not broad is you're not the first wave of the investigation. You're more of a, I don't want to say it last depends. resort, but yeah, it depends on the it officer. Will, it, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It depends on the officer and how open they are. And, and that's, that's the thing. It's not, um, it's literally up to each individual officer if they'll use me or not, but why wouldn't they? Here's my thing. I have the stats. I have the proof to be able to show people this is how I do what I do, and here is my successes. 29. I didn't murder 29 missing people. I found them. How did I do that? That's not one or two or three or ten. 29! 29. 29. That's a big number, right? So for me, it's it'd be... 
it's kind of silly that law enforcement isn't using me more often because I don't charge for it. And like I said, I can back up my claims. So... Do you have any thoughts? I'm curious on, th on this exact theme. Like, there's been movies. I think was it Men, it's Men Who Stare at Goats. There's lots yeah. of like old weird Wikipedia pages, pages you can find about stuff that in the Cold War the Russians were doing with remote Absolutely. viewing. Like, this has been around and been talked about for years. But yet, our society is it because we just don't know, we don't understand that we kind of shy away from it and we're fearful. I'm curious because there's boundless and movie after movie yeah. is made with this underpinning as a theme. Mm -hmm. So I truly believe that the only difference between a skeptic and a believer is the experience. That's it. <laughs> nice. They haven't had their own experience. The minute that you do, that's when things become very real. And the thing is, is that if this is real, what else is real? Some people aren't ready to have their mind blown, right? Mm -hmm. And and it, it's it's not even about um, you know prove it at this point. I don't know how much more I I need to be able to prove. Um, you know uh, my my other really really cool prediction that I did that I was pretty proud of was I predicted one of my clients winning the lottery right down to the day that she won it. And actually, I wrote down the two dates. I told her the day that she would buy the ticket, November twenty seventh, and I told her December second you're going to find out you won. She won $7 million, $7 million. It wasn't little and it was right down to the day. So it's like, okay, I'd love to get the mathematicians busy on that one. How, what are the odds of that? Some, I'm assuming you didn't give her the numbers to pick. You just told her to no, buy a ticket. I just told her when to buy the ticket right. Yeah, and when to check it. So interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I love our society and the, the fear we have of what we don't know and what we don't understand yeah. and, and, the, and the stigma around that. So I know a big part of your life and I had the experience I've come and seen you and kind of sat in the room with you and had, it was like a fantastic experience. Reading. It was uh, the energy, the experience. I've told a few people, like, first of all, it was really fun. Your energy, it was yeah. really enjoyable, but you also create a really comfortable environment that allows you to kind of just be open. And I just like, it was great as someone who experienced it. Oh, so with that side that. of your work, like, do you meet with like, all walks of life, people from all, oh, yeah. like, because you said you do eight hours a day. And I, I know because I've had a few friends try to book in. I don't want to discourage anyone from going to try, but I know you're booked until like April, 2022. Exactly. So clearly there's a lot of people out there that are looking for answers. So when you think about the people that come in to see you, is there is there any themes or is it like people just looking for answers, looking for more, they're curious? It's everything. Yeah. It is, it's everything from questions on health, relationships, money, uh, people who've passed away, missing persons. And yeah, I read for all walks of life. I've read for judges, police officers, paramedics, doctors, lawyers. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not just, you know, entertainment, um, by, yeah. by any means. Um, so I, I really truly believe that it's just about the experience. You know, if someone hasn't been open to this experience or been searching for that deeper meaning, it's going to wait for you until you're ready for it. So I don't, I, all walks of life are ready for the big aha. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I think we're at an interesting time, even in our society where people are feeling like looking for answers. The last 18 months has been, yeah. you know, really unsettling for a lot of people and, you know, things, the paradigms that we kind of accepted as this is the world we live in. The last 18 months has been flipped on its head. So I can only imagine, you know, when you talk about the, that universal energy you're tapping into, does it go? Does, does that go through cycles in terms of like kind of where the world's at and where society's at at large? Like, how do they play together, or do they live kind of on their own parallel tracks? Well, 
I think that there are so many different realms of energy. I mean, it, it, it all depends on what you're talking about, because if you look at, we'll say the grid line in mother earth, we've got ley lines and we've got vortexes and that's science. That's not woo woo stuff. Right. And it, when you go meditate in a vortex, you can see things way clearer. You can get deeper into your meditative state more. So yeah, there's pockets of energy all over the world. Now on a collective level, there's also the Schumann resonance. So the Schumann resonance um, is actually Mother Nature's heartbeat, 7.83 hertz. And so when you're seeing those chanting monks going, they're actually producing 7.83 hertz within their body. And that's why they feel all tranced out and one with nature. Um, So it really depends on what realm of um, energy you're talking about. But one thing that I do know is that when the Schumann resonance spikes and it's not sitting at 7.83 hertz, uh, things tend to go a little wonky and crazy. Um, People seem to get more stressed out. On a collective level, they'll feel more um, anxious. Uh, But yet, the closer we get to that 7.83 hertz, the more we feel that sense of peace. Interesting. And is that, you talked about the monks chanting, and you and I chatted about about your frequency and your resonance, and I was chatting with a few friends, and they're like, I just feel like my frequency is off, or I feel Mm -hmm. like I just have a low vibration. And it's funny, sometimes people just use it even in the way they describe, which I think is is, is quite telling. But being aligned and being one, and for someone, an individual who's hearing this and is like really curious, but also wants to do things to be proactive, like going to the gym. <laughs> I yeah. go to the gym because I work from health. What about when it comes down to resonance and frequency and things that you do? Is it meditating? Is it finding things that just get you feeling more aligned with yourself? What, would, what do you recommend? Is what's the gym version of this? <laughs> That's the right way to ask it. Um, well, I'm I'm really glad that you are um, active with your mental health and and your physical health and all that. Because I have to say, one thing that I have noticed is that men seem to be under fire right now. The energy out there does not feel very supportive of men. Um, men's mental health is is in crisis right now. And so for any, um, you know, moms with boys or wives with husbands or boyfriends or we got to support our men, you guys. We have to give them that softer place um, to come home to. And and because men deal with their issues a lot different than women do. Men tend to keep it stuffed inside. They don't talk. So they'll get short. They'll get angry. They'll get snappy before they'll come out and cry, right? And so that's a lot of pent-up energy being held within a man's body. And how, how do they get rid of it? A lot of the time it's destructive behavior, whether it's addictions or, you know, other, other things. So I think that energy wise right now, if I could describe what's going on, um, on a collective level, men need to watch their mental health. Uh, Women need to be, um, very cognizant of that, uh, as well as I'm hearing from a lot of clients that they feel stuck. A lot of people are feeling very stuck right now. So here's what I got to say about that. You guys, you got to bless the bullshit. Honest to God, because it's fertilizer for your dreams. Everything that we go through leads to the next big step. It is totally like the butterfly effect. You've seen that movie, right? Mm -hmm. For for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's totally like that, where everything is connected. And it's usually through the most brutal, roughest times that we've been through that the biggest breakthrough happens. And even for me, my father's death was my biggest catalyst um, to reach into the other side. And I know that had he not died, when he died, how he died, 
I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. He was killed down in the States. And so um, it, it completely ripped me to shreds losing him. He was my best friend. But the way I honor him and his memory is by understanding that this even conversation today would not be happening. Like that's how much his death affected change. That, you know, 17, 18 years later, I'm on a completely different path because of the way he went home, right? So no matter what you're facing right now, understand that what stings, sticks. It does, it sticks out in our mind. It sticks out because we are supposed to be learning from it, growing from it, not getting stuck from it. So if there's anyone who's feeling stuck out there right now, get up. Don't succumb to it. Breathe, meditate, get out in nature, join a gym, join a paint class. Literally, um, when, when one of the greatest pastimes that, that I did, you know, during COVID was I did adult paint by numbers. So much fun. Find something that makes your soul feel alive again, because that's what's going to raise your resonance, your resonance and your frequency. And I can tell, for example, who eats healthy, who prays. Um, who sits around in a cloud of negativity all day, all of that stands out in a person's auric field, in their energetic field. And that's exactly what I'm tuning into in order to get into that book of theirs or to read their story, right? Um, so the more vibrant you have that auric field, and we know what vibrancy feels like, we do. You can think of a time where you felt absolutely on top of your game, vibrant, full of life, full capacity. That's possible. Just because you guys haven't been feeling it lately doesn't mean that it can't come as soon as tomorrow or today. It's a choice. How long do you want to be stuck for? Right? Because it's only us that can get up and move. No one can do it for us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's time to step out of the lower vibrational frequencies, get out of sadness, get out of depression, understand it served a purpose, and step out of it. I heard a saying that really helped me with mine because I used to suffer from bad depression and anxiety after I lost my parents. Um, and it was depressed people live in the past, anxious people live in the future, peaceful people live in the present. And it is so true. Mindfulness will literally save your mind. Um, so hang on to that. I appreciate it. And like you said, be okay with the fact that whatever you were dealing with, you know, sometimes I, it feels bad, but it served you. It, it gave you oh, something. Yeah. There was a benefit of it and it's okay to move on and I love what you said about interrupt the pattern do something like Absolutely. it requires action but take a paint yeah. glass go buy a go for a bike ride anything yeah. that changes the pattern and kind of gets you unstuck quote unquote will raise that will raise that vibration it's so important you said something in, in, in your comment there that you said with to me when I met, you're like, well, it's kind of like I'm watching the movie of your life or I'm reading your book. And yeah. sometimes I read it forward, sometimes I read it backwards. So when you're literally sitting there with somebody, is that how it appears to you? Like, is it like a book or is it like a movie? Mm -hmm. Like, I love the literal kind of depiction. It, it we can all relate to those things. It's totally like that. It feels like, okay, if I asked you what you did last night or where you went yesterday and what you ate... That, you know how it pops up in your mind, right? Yeah, it, it That's did. exactly how it pops up for me. It feels almost like I'm downloading someone else's memories. Or another way to put it is like the game of charades. I can see it all happening, but it's not like I've got 
you know, some dead guy's voice in my head. It isn't like that. It feels like I'm talking to myself, tell, going through someone's memories and going, oh, yeah, I remember when they did this or, yeah, I remember when they did that. It feels like a memory. And what's really cool is these memories can get very, very detailed. So, for example, on one of the cases that I was working on, um, when I went in um, to the victim's memories, I could literally see the curly black hair on the suspect's head. I could see the leather jacket and the white shirt that he was wearing. And it gets detailed as much as your memories are detailed in your mind. It comes through that clear for me. Um, some Sometimes more clear than others. But yeah, it's like it, it plays out in my head. Does that ever... Does that seeing that or seeing that level of detail, and you're talking about victims that or individuals that have been deceased, does that ever is there ever a burden, or does that ever become a weight for you to carry, or is that hard to process, or are you able to to view it objectively? I'm not sure even how so, if I'm asking this properly. Here's 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 the thing. To be very honest with you, um, I would be more scarred from playing um, Grand Theft Auto <laughs> than I would from doing my stuff because it's it's. It's like a memory. My memories don't, I, they don't, to me, it's not like I'm, you know, reliving their death or anything. It's like I'm watching. I'm, I'm watching. I don't need to project my consciousness into them. I just need to project my consciousness above them so that I can watch it. And it, that's literally what it is. It's, it's learning to project your consciousness. So, um, what I do is kind of a combination between psychic work and remote viewing. It's a combination um, because remote viewing is a systematic approach to be able to um, get information on a target that's not in front of you across the world, wherever, regardless of space or and time, bring it back. Well, um, I was trained at the Monroe Institute here um, in BC in Canada by Paul Elder, amazing teacher, by the way. If you want your mind blown, go to the Monroe Institute. They are the bomb. Noted, noted. <laughs> totally awesome. Um, and they taught me how to astral travel. So I added that tool to my tool belt where you can literally take your consciousness out of your body, project it, and literally see what's going on like you're there, like you could touch it, like you're literally right there. It's that real. It's not, you know, thinking about it or... Um, you know, making it up in your mind, it's yep. literally coming out of your body and going and getting information on a target and bringing it back. And from what I'm hearing, everybody has this potential if they want to invest the time oh, and yeah. energy to hone it. That's that. I think that blows a lot of people are going to be like, what? No, not me. I would never, I could never, but it's about setting the intention. And then like, I love what you said, learning the skills, going and being physically taught how to do this. Well, you know why they say they can't do it? Because they say they can't do it. <laughs> it's that simple. Whether you can or you can't, you're, whether you think you can you're or right. you can't, you're right. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. They got to change their thinking because that's the thing is that your paradigm is what traps you in your matrix. Literally. We have a grid of amnesia that's all over us. And um, there are ways to blast through that. That's what deja vu is. It's remembering. It's, it's that in that moment, oh, how do I know you? Do I feel, I feel like I've been here before. Yeah, you got that glimpse into your timeline or your book and you're recognizing the character that's been written into it. That's what I believe. 
so interesting. So whether it's just being open to it, reading, meditation, yeah. first it all starts with the choice is what I'm hearing. Because probably a lot of people going, probably there's people that are dismissing right now listening. Or then there's the curious lot going, oh, well, hmm, I've always been curious about this. I've always wondered. I've always felt that I had, you know, but it, then it gets quashed by sometimes society, the people in our lives, they're like, no, 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 that's silly. Don't don't think about that. That You can really, really allot that to anything in your life and the people you've surrounded yourself, whether they embraced and supported you on some harebrained yeah. scheme or they didn't. <laughs> Well, I mean, and I've had my negative Nellies, you know, um, and skeptics with around me in my own life. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, the only difference between a skeptic and a believer is the experience. And once you've had one, no one can take that from you. No one can say it didn't happen, you know, and it changes your mind. It really does. And it's through that paradigm shift that you start to open up that rabbit hole <laughs> and and things start to happen and it catches your attention. When you do psychic awareness retreats, is this is it exactly like it sounds? Like a group of people come together and you know you get tuned in from a vibrational perspective and everybody starts to explore and kind of be open to this? Is it is it is it more to have the experience? Is there also a bit of a training ground or I guess maybe it's both? Oh, it is. It you know what? It's so much more. It's all of that and so much more. I actually started doing these psychic retreats because I wanted to go on one. I wanted to hang out with people who were excited and wanted to learn and practice and, you know, talk about ghost stories and angels around the fire pit at night and hang out in our jammies and, and, you know, just be together and meditate together. I wanted to do that. No one was doing it. So I created it. And uh, best thing I ever did because it's like this beautiful divine community that comes together and we're all BFFs by the end of it. It's amazing. Um, Powerful shared experience. Mm. It really is. And my favorite place to do retreats is actually in Sedona. I've done them in Banff, Canmore, Calgary. I was supposed to be in Egypt in June teaching remote viewing, um, but <laughs> lovely pandemic, staying home. Um, but uh, I love doing them in Sedona because they have the vortexes out Which there. It, it, and they have it, them clearly it, marked. People are drawn to that area to, for specifically because uh, of that energy that happens there. Very cool. Totally. So it, it is as awesome as I, I've not been, but I've always heard like, oh, we got to go and just have that experience. Absolutely. The energy in Sedona, when I'm even driving towards it, my body starts tingling. It's that strong. And they say that for about five kilometers outside of Sedona, the vortexes go that far. And so what I do is I take my groups to go meditate in all the vortexes and I teach them what energy feels like. What Because that that's the biggest thing. If you don't know what to look for, you're going to miss it. And energy is so flippin' subtle that a lot of people miss it. But if you know what to look for and you know what it feels like, it's undeniable, right? And in the vortexes, it's undeniable. And the stuff they see and experience and and it's just super easy to teach people psychic Because well, you're, you're going to an exagger- environment where it's slightly, where it's exaggerated. So you like, I've really, <laughs> like you said, once you know what something feels like, you're like, oh, Oh, that, I didn't even think of anything of that before. That's interesting. And even deep and then, meditation, I've had those moments from like, what was that? Like it, it feels, yeah. but as soon as you start paying attention to it, it's it just, it just disappears. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's exactly what it feels like. Exactly. And, uh, in there, you, you catch a glimpse out of the corner of your eye, but then as soon as you look, it's gone. <laughs> gone. 
and that but that's you just nailed it that's exactly what it feels like it's very very fleeting very quick very soft gone it's like what was that what was that so you have to retrain your brain to amplify the little tiny voice that goes no it's over here and and turn off that big loud egoic um voice that's going no it's over here not over there Yes, turn, turn, turn down that. Yeah, turn down that one voice and turn up the other. Yeah, more subtle. you do. The, well, and for anyone, for anyone who is, um, you know, practicing or doing psychic work, one of the visuals that I will do if I'm kind of stuck on a case or you know can't see things very clear, I'll picture a um, a series of dials in front of me. One for clarity, one for sound, one for visuals, one for feeling, and I'll crank them all. From zero to 10, crank them all up. Unmistakable, you guys. Bowl me over with the information because we need to get going. And then boom, it happens. And I always say a prayer. I do believe massively in the power of prayer. I know that there is something so much greater than us. And I really, it doesn't matter if you call it God, Buddha, Allah, energy, universe, mother, Gaia. It doesn't matter. We're all talking about the same source of creation. That's so powerful. We just put these different ways of interpreting it. And over the years, we've mm-hmm. created this, well, thousands of years. My version of interpreting is wrong, is right, and yours yep. interpreting Division. is wrong, which we're kind of missing the whole point, right? That's 100%. a human, that's a human, that's a human design. It might be. Yeah, it is. Uh, now my own curiosity is getting, running away with me. What about when we get into the world of like the pyramids, uh, historical, unexplained things that still exist in our mm-hmm. world now that we know that we really don't understand? aliens, different dimensions. Is that all part of, does that all come into this or am I going maybe yeah. to taking a dip into the sci-fi pool? Uh, well, no, you know what? It's, it's very interesting. So this past year I was interviewed on George Norrie's Beyond Belief on Gaia TV. And um, I was asked to do a bunch of remote viewing on the pyramids and on ancient artifacts. And the cool thing about remote viewing is Everything is recorded in the matrix. So you just need to find the volume that contains that information and pull it down off the shelf and start reading that book psychically. And so, yeah, if you want to talk about the pyramids, the pyramids is one of the things that they had me okay. remote view. And um, I truly believe that they were energy generators, um, that the people who built them were extremely enlightened beings. Um, prayer, uh, rituals, even right down to what they ate, it was it was a big deal because they needed to keep their bioresonance very high. The energy back then, in even in the air, it was completely different. We find ourselves, look at all the technology with the phones and the microwaves and everything else that's going on right now. Mother Nature's resonance is not what it used to be. We've kind of killed it. And um, and so these individuals had quite the powers. Telepathy, um, telekinesis, bilocation. They knew how to throw their consciousness. You better believe that they did. They were very enlightened beings. And um, I've never been to Egypt. Not yet. I'm planning on going, but when everything clears up. But one of the things when I was remote viewing was that... Um, the hieroglyphs can actually be read in two different ways. They can be read energetically, and then they can be read in the human sense, right? But they're two completely different things. And the pyramids are, it's kind of like an abandoned energy building um, or an abandoned, it, it doesn't work anymore. The energy that was there 
does not it does not resonate like what it used to um and it is all about resonance i truly believe that the pyramids um were doorways and stargates to other dimensions that could lead to um interdimensional um travel and one of the things that i did see so the sphinx that's there right now well there was two of them and they both had crowns on their head um, and it looked more like a monarch crown, not like a pharaoh thing that went like this. It had the spikes. Well, during the solstice and at specific times of the year, um, the way the sun would hit through that crown, it would literally point to stargates on the solstice. But only specific people with specific resonance and specific DNA could walk through them. It was all about resonance back then. That's why they didn't want, um, you know, interracial marriages or you weren't allowed, uh, you weren't supposed to um, couple with anyone but your race. You've heard of blue blood, uh, the royal blood, things like that. It is. It's all about DNA. Your DNA holds your story. It holds your frequency. All of it. All of it. And I really don't believe that our DNA should be messed with. Because these are the keys of the codes that we've come in with. And, you know, when um, scientists will sit there and say, oh, a lot of the DNA is junk DNA. I don't know if you've heard of that before. But no. Term, no. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they used to call it junk DNA. And it's like because they couldn't figure it out. And it's like, no, it's because you don't know how to read those genetic codes. While they're getting into it now, now that, you know, DNA um, and all of this stuff is now being studied way more, they're seeing that there is genetic codes. <laughs> that are in that is in the junk DNA, and I believe that um, this dormant DNA that you know scientists don't know know how to work with. Um, I believe that they are latent abilities, um, dormant abilities that we haven't realized within ourselves. You know, because we carry the blood, the storyline, all of it of our ancestors, and that's why you'll see um, like we'll say families of doctors or families of, of um, alcoholics, you know, it's passed down. And it even, like what it says in the Bible, the sins of the father are passed down seven generations. Well, you look at the study of epigenetics nowadays. Epigenetics is the study of intergenerational trauma through the DNA, right? And you look at Holocaust survivors, well, their great-grandchildren are still showing that um, DNA break, right? The trauma from that. It stays with you for future generations. So I think that our DNA is um, very precious, extremely, extremely precious. And I think that that had a lot to do with what you could do back then. Um, you know, and it, it was in the family lineage. The, the abilities were in the family lineage. I love it so interesting in today's world how we're so quick to want to put everything in its bucket. When I listen to like this is over here and well this is this is foo foo over here, but this is science and this is biology. Yeah. Where listening to you talk, we are this whole being that encompasses mm -hmm. all of these elements together. And over the years, and again, I, I'm I'm a huge proponent of science. But what if part of what science does is it isolates so we can understand. Mm -hmm. But when you take it out of context, it's like food. We're going to pick on a nutrient. Yeah, but what about the interactions of that nutrient with all the other nutrients in there? You can't just say this element of the egg is good and this is bad. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And I think I'm hearing you talk about us as humans in you know the driver and the body. I really love the car analogy. That's going to stick with me. 
But when you put it all together, that's what makes up this frequency that we yes. carry through the world with us. But yet we are so driven to separate them into their own little buckets that we've probably lost understanding of the whole of the whole. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because your frequency signature is made up of everything, everything, your DNA, your likes, your dislikes, your memories, your traumas, all of that stuff stays within a person's DNA and their auric field. So even when you think you've shaken something, chances are I'd still be able to pick it up if you haven't. Right. So it, it a lot of stuff sticks to us if we allow it right think of how stress affects heart disease and um you know and that's perceived what the mind perceives the body receives we can think our way into a good mood a bad mood an orgasm we can think our way into anything right so we are powerful if we let ourselves powerful manifestors oh my god so interesting there's so many questions you got my brain spinning 100 mile an hour (laughs) Um, so it sounds like the door is also wide open. If people want to come see you, everybody and anybody is welcome. Um, but I, I know you're also very busy. Uh, so, you know, if you want to see, if you want to get in, get, get, get on the website, patriciamona.com and check it out. But if someone wants to attend a retreat, is this something you do on a regular basis? I'm very curious. I might come check it out myself. I think it sounds like a lot of fun. I love that. A lot of men come to my retreats. That'd be awesome. Um, so I don't have one signed up right now just because the borders are still not open and I don't, I don't want want people to feel like they have to get a vaccination to hang out with me. So until we kind of figure that out, I might just be doing them around Banff and Canmore for now instead of my international ones. Um, But as soon as I have um, dates and and everything figured out, I will be posting it on my website and on my social media, and I will definitely send you an invite. Um, Honestly, they're really life-changing, really life-changing. We have caught some amazing footage of um of spirits of orbs of disembodied voices you name it like we've caught a bunch of stuff on tape so they if you if you build it they will come even in the spirit world (laughs) i love it that's fantastic Uh, patricia thanks for taking the time today thanks for the really interesting work you do and obviously the volunteer and the, the the giving back i think it's a fantastic way to like you said like i've been given this gift i want to do something with it and i know from having a personal experience of chatting with you and just kind of how it opened my eyes to different things and it 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 raised my resonance when I walked out of that room with you. I was vibrating. I don't even know how many levels higher than when I walked in. So for that alone, and then what those once you're vibrating, like once your resonance changes, the openness and the connection you have with people in your life, like it, it's a cascading series of positive impacts yes. that it has once you turn up the uh, turn up the frequency or or, 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 or or retune the frequency. I don't know how I want to say that. <laughs> well, I got to say, now that we're back in studio, you got to come meditate in person. So I I I facilitate. Um, a bunch of online ones because uh, that's how it, we were rolling for the last 18 months but I'm back in studio and I got to tell you that the online experience when we are all connecting around the world it is flipping amazing but when we're in studio in person experiencing that energy together it's it's quite mind-blowing it's not just a regular meditation I do um, the sound sound healing like with the sound bowls I've got my meditation pyramid that I do it from and uh, and then I go around and I do energy attunements on everybody do a little bit of Reiki on them so the, so the group actually creates more of an amplification of each other like the, the yes, energy it it's yeah you're, 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 you're some of the parts interesting absolutely oh I love absolutely. it absolutely mm-hmm. Patricia best, best way to get a hold of you Patricia Mona with two with two ends dot com yeah. any, other, any other ways like obviously I follow you on Instagram as well anywhere mm-hmm. else people would uh, be able to track you down if they were so inclined 
Yeah, Instagram, it's Patricia Mona Intuitive Consulting. And same thing with Facebook, Patricia Mona Intuitive Consulting. And um, if anyone wants to email me, it's info at patriciamona.com. Fantastic. That was a wonderful chat. Thank you so much. I loved it. Have 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 an awesome day and we will be chatting again.